welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you this morning again as we continue our series from the book of Proverbs. Let's just pray just for a moment before we go into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here in our midst. And we just want to listen to you now. God, would you just speak to us? Help us to know you better, to love you more, to become more like you. Just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's what Proverbs 18, 21 says. Words are powerful, aren't they? We all know it. I think of a speech that was given on August 28th, 1963. That was before I was born. But I know about it because I have a dream. The speech given by Martin Luther King Jr. in Washington, D.C. is considered to be one of the most influential speeches of all time. It was a turning point in the American civil rights movement of the 1960s, and it continues to inspire the pursuit of racial equality around the world. Words are powerful. The tongue has the power of life and death. And not only in those history-making moments, but in the everyday, ordinary moments of our lives, right? If you think about it, how many of us have had a word that was carelessly or maliciously spoken over us, which maybe took us years to process and recover from? Or on the other side, what about the words of encouragement and hope and inspiration that have formed us in positive ways and helped bring us to the point we're at today? Um, My youngest daughter, Caitlin, had a really excellent teacher. I mean, she's had many excellent teachers, but this last year, her teacher, with his words, really had the power to inspire her to do her best. And she had such a great year in school and made so much progress. How many of you have had a teacher or a parent or an adult in your life that when you look back when you were a kid, you think, ah, that person inspired me to be the best that I could be? Yeah, words are powerful. How we use our words is important. And I find it very sobering to think about the impact of my words on other people because I think they're probably the most powerful thing that we carry with us every day. You know, you need a permit to carry certain types of dangerous weapons, but not your words. I don't know why no one thought to give us a permit. We're all capable of doing such good and such harm with our words. And the book of Proverbs, not surprisingly, has a lot to say about our words. Proverbs tells us about when we should speak and when we shouldn't. It gives us advice about who we should speak to and who we shouldn't speak to, how we should speak, and what kinds of things we should and shouldn't say. And it also reveals something to us about what our words say about our hearts. 
So we're gonna look at some, there's so many verses in Proverbs about speech, but we're gonna look a little bit today at some of them and how the way of wisdom and the way of folly show up in our speech and how our relationship with God, that's what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord, that that can impact how we use this powerful tool of speech that each one of us carries with us every day. So there are three questions I thought we could focus on today to guide our time. They are these. First, should I listen or speak? Second, what should I say? And third, what do my words say about me? So should I listen or speak? Well, have you ever heard that saying, we have two ears and one mouth? Maybe it's only people like me who talk a lot who get told that frequently. But <laughs> as I review the book of Proverbs in preparation for this talk, I was struck again by just how much it emphasizes the importance of listening. Actually, listening is important to become wise in the first place. If you look at um, Proverbs 8, 33 through 35, this is Lady Wisdom, wisdom personified. She says, listen to my instruction that you may be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching at my doors day by day, waiting beside my doorway. For the one who finds me has found life and received favor from the Lord." There is one very profound thing that I have been slowly, very slowly learning in life, and that is that one cannot listen well while one is speaking. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> and in fact, we can't even listen well if we're thinking about what we're going to say, even if our mouth isn't actually moving. So listening is, is not always easy. For some of us, it's easier than for others. But the book of Proverbs gives us a lot of warnings about it. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in, in airing their own opinions. We read in Proverbs 18.2. There's going to be a lot of verses I'm going to read this morning. Just enjoy them. You know, there is quite a lot of humor in the book of Proverbs as well. And, you know, fools delight in airing their own opinions. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we can't always get away with saying. But it's the Bible says it, and it's true, and we know it instinctively. Proverbs 18, 13, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So Proverbs actually encourages us to limit what we say if we want to practice wisdom. For example, here's some other words from Proverbs 17. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. I think in our 2022 context, it's also important to remember that we don't only speak with our actual words, right? In person or over the telephone, but also in our texts and in our social media posts. So a lot of today's message also applies to those contexts those who guard their WhatsApp chat comments and social media posts keep themselves from calamity, Proverbs 21.23 says, or at least it could say that if Solomon lived in 2022. Guarding our comments is important. A chattering fool comes to ruin. 
that's what it says. So as a person who um, frankly enjoys the sound of my own voice too much, I have always been a bit jealous of those of you who find these words easier to follow than I do. They're very uncomfortable verses for me to realize that I need to be very careful and heed this warning to limit what I say. Those of us who are have a tendency to talk more, we are at higher risk for misusing our speech. And there is a warning here for us. I'm so grateful for the grace of God in my life and forgiveness from a lot of people around me. But there is another side to this because wisdom is not always found in being silent. We read in Proverbs 31, we're actually told to speak up. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. So life and death is in the power of the tongue. Not only death, but also life. People of wisdom, people like who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who follow Jesus, who are growing to become more like Jesus, when they speak, life comes forth. And we've got a lot of other images in the book of Proverbs. The tongue of the wise, Proverbs says, it is a fountain of life. It's like precious gold or silver. It's like a, a loving kiss or a sweet honeycomb. It's the foundation of success. It is nourishing, healing, can deliver from death. You know, my dad was pretty good at listening patiently and speaking truth and encouragement in his life. And I remember one of his close friends, they were in a workplace small group together for many years. And um, he told this story about one day he just, you know, complaining. He, that was his words. I was just complaining, going on and on complaining to my dad about all the stuff that was going wrong, where he was frustrated and discouraged. And Steve said, my dad just listened for a really long time. <laughs> Didn't say anything. But when Steve stopped and waited for some feedback, my dad just said simply, keep a thankful heart. And Steve said, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Said after a lot of listening, <laughs> after in the context of a trusted friendship and a word of truth, words of life, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life turning a person from the snares of death. So if we go to the answer of the, to the first question, listen or speak, well, I think the answer from Proverbs is, if you are wise, you will listen first, and then you will speak with carefully considered words. Now, what should I say? Well, when it comes to what we should say, there is this really big contrast in Proverbs between the speech of the wise or the righteous and the speech of the wicked or the foolish. So I'm going to just read a few verses from Proverbs 11 and then from Proverbs 12. With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. By, by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. 
An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. So if we look at the chart that comes up, we can see the contrast pretty clearly, can't we? Wise people bless with their tongue. They build up people and nations. They choose silence instead of judgmental criticism. Their careful words heal others. They keep confidences and they're always truthful. But the foolish, with their words, they tear down and destroy people and nations. They ridicule their neighbors. Their reckless words damage others. They gossip and they tell lies. I think when we look at it like that, we all hope we are at least more like the list on the left than the list on the right, right? <laughs> if we think of it another way, um, you can imagine that we have two glasses in front of us and one is filled with spring water and one is filled with pond water. And the spring water, if we give that to someone to drink, they are refreshed and nourished. If we give the pond water that's filled with germs and grit, they're going to be feeling very ill at some point in the next day or so. And we offer, what we offer to people in our words is like that. It's like offering them a, gl a glass of spring water or a glass of pond water. And today, I think none of us are wise 100% of the time in what we speak, none of us. Um, in fact, I can tell you for sure, that there is something in your speech as well as there is something in mine that is not what it should be. How do I know? Well, James 3.2 says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. James calls the tongue a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body, which no human being can tame. So about the only encouraging things from that verse is that we're all in the same boat. <laughs> that none of us, none of us is perfect in our speech. You know, perhaps we speak the truth, we always speak the truth, but maybe we speak it to the wrong people. Or when we should be silent, maybe we break confidences and gossip about others. A gossip separates close friends, it says in Proverbs. But you know, gossip is really mainstream in our culture. People talk about other people all the time. I hear a lot from my daughter who's in secondary school. I mean, this is the, the bane of her life, is that everybody is talking about somebody else and not in positive ways. Being careless with other people's truth, even their truth, or critical of them to a third party it causes so much damage. And we who claim to follow Christ, we should be different. We should be different in our speech. Or maybe we have trouble telling the truth. I know for me, it's usually when I, um, I want, I know what the other person wants me to say or not say, and I hate to disappoint them, or I care about what they think about me too much. And so I'm likely to just not quite tell exactly the truth. 
I'm just going to make it a little softer or change it a little bit. Some of us are careless with our words, maybe even our jokes, in ways that damage other people. On the other side, we could be quick, uh, quick to apologize when we're wrong and consistent in our encouragement and building up of others. Well, I mentioned that it's hard for me to be quiet sometimes, so I have a lot of practice in apologizing over the years. Telling people things that I said which were not exactly accurate or gave a wrong impression or apologizing for things that I said that hurt or offended, even if it was unintentional. And you know what? The pain of apologizing so many times is probably one of the things that over time has helped me to be careful, more careful about what I say in the first place. <laughs> it's easier to not say it than to have to apologize for it later. But you know what? There is also a lot of power, at least I found, in, in um, saying I was wrong. Will you forgive me? In fact, um, it can stop a conflict in its tracks sometimes. I don't know if any of you have noticed that, but someone is ready to lash out. We want to just defend ourselves. We want to defend ourselves, at least I do. And if, if we have been wrong in some way, being honest about that, as painful as that is, can stop things right in their tracks. A soft answer, a gentle answer turns away wrath, Proverbs 15:1 says. But a harsh word stirs up anger. So speaking with kindness and gentleness, saying sorry, nobody likes to say sorry. It doesn't matter what culture you're from or what background you're from, nobody likes to say they're sorry. But it, there is a lot of hope and healing and power in those words that we speak. So, what should I say? Second question. Tell the truth. Keep confidences. Bless others. Speak with gentleness and kindness. Use words that heal instead of hurt. Now, you re may remember the last question is, what do my words say about me? Well, a dentist will tell you that they can tell a lot about your overall health by looking in your mouth. Did you know that? <laughs> And research has shown that there is a connection between your oral health and the health of your physical heart. And so it is with our speech and the health of our spiritual life. What we say reveals our hearts. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, what a person's heart is like is basically the same as what they say. That's how the poetic style of Proverbs presents it. Look at these verses. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. So those ways were a little less than perfect in our speech. They kind of reveal that our hearts are not quite what they should be either. And Jesus said it this way. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I think we all know this. I mean, how many times have you woken up in the morning just feeling really off? And, or perhaps, you know, you're really worried about something, stressed out about something, and it comes out in your speech. For me, it's usually, you know, I'm stressed out about something and my poor children or my husband end up getting me being really grumpy with them and those reckless words come out, even though they weren't actually the ones at fault. <laughs> 
What's in our heart is what comes out of our mouths. And there's a lot more refining, I know, that needs to be done in my heart. But here's where the good news comes in. You know, gospel means good, good news. And um, the gospel says that we may be very possibly be much worse than we actually thought we were. But God's grace is even greater than we ever imagined. And when we start to recognize a little bit more of where we flunked, where we failed in, in these areas, that's where we have the opportunity to experience the healing and the transformation and the grace of God to a greater degree. You know, the gospel never leaves us with this message, do more, try harder, because that just is focused on behavioral change and it doesn't really work either. The gospel instead speaks to our hearts. God is not primarily interested in behavior change. Yes, he wants to use every single one of us to bring his message of hope and life and encouragement and beauty and um, amazing compassion to the world. But he is interested in it coming from our hearts, not just being something that we switch on and off in certain contexts. He wants to change our hearts and then our behavior and speech will flow from that. And so he invites us to take another step of freedom into whatever's at the root of that in the first place. So this has been something God's been challenging me with a lot over the last few years. Um, when I find myself reacting in a certain situation, a certain way in a situation, and that's when those reckless or foolish words tend to come out. It's to stop and, or maybe later, if necessary, reflect with God. God, what's behind that? Is there something you want to say to me about why I, I acted like that or I said that or I reacted like that? Is there something you want to speak to in my heart that you want to bring your perspective and your truth and your wisdom into? Because I need that to be changed. That I can't change that myself. That's what I need the Holy Spirit to change in my heart. And sometimes it's even as simple as, you know, my own, my own internal woundedness can make me self-centered sometimes. And I miss lots of opportunities to encourage and build up others with my words because I've got myself in survival mode. And there's healing that God wants to bring in my heart to give me the courage, um, or maybe to be truthful. Speaking truth to power is really difficult. Speaking truth to anybody can be hard for some of us. And God wants to build, reach into that security place in our hearts and give us the assurance of who we are in Him. So what, what we want to do today as we um, spend some time now just in response and listening to God I would, we've said that we all have an issue in our lives with speech. So let's try to think about ourselves, not, not think this message is for someone else. And let's listen to whatever God might want to say to us personally today. Now, some of, some of us have been damaged by the words of others. Maybe when I said that at the beginning of the talk, you got stuck right there because just memories and things came back and you realized you've been stuck You've been stuck with somebody else's opinion and words that were spoken over you, which are not true. 
And that can be a journey to find freedom from that. But maybe today God wants to just take you the next step in that journey. And, and then there can be more steps, maybe booking a sozo or taking some time um, to pray some, through some things in a more regular way. But if that's you and there's something that's struck out to you, um, when we come to the time for response at the end, you're very welcome to come forward and, and someone will pray with you because Jesus doesn't want us to be held back by words that were spoken over us, which are not true. He wants us to walk in the freedom of the word he has spoken over us. But the others of us, there is an area of speech which we know, we already know, is a constant temptation for us. Maybe it's gossiping. Maybe it's not telling the truth. Maybe it's speaking harshly. Maybe it's constantly interrupting people and not really taking the time to listen to them. Or maybe we find it difficult to encourage and say encouraging words and build others up, even when we know that we should, even when we've thought those things. But for some reason, we just can't, can't get those words out of our mouth. So whatever that area is that you know is God speaking to, about to you today, um, I wonder if we can also just take a minute in the quiet to ask God if there's something behind it not just changing the outside, but if there's something God wants to do in our hearts. Why do I talk about my colleagues like that? God, what, what is, what's wrong inside my heart that you want to heal and to change? All right, and just let's see what, what God says to us. So can we just stand for a minute as we begin to just um, spend some time listening to God? We're just gonna have, just have a few moments of silence as we, as we think about this. And then I'll give us some more, some more ways we can respond. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us 
We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.